0: So if you're just focused on what a jerk he was and how he screwed you and how horrible it was, well, that's where you're going to be. I I don't know what to say. Like you're just going to be there over and over and over and you're going to get another one of him. He's going to look different. He's going to have a different first name maybe, but he's going to be that guy again.
1: Welcome back to the On The Rocks podcast. I am your host, Vanessa Rock. I'm so excited to be here today with my guest, Abby Medcalf. She is a relationship maven, a psychologist, an author, a podcast host, a TEDx speaker, we can keep going, who has helped thousands of people create happy and connected relationships. She's the author of a number one Amazon best-selling book, Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a thing and the host of a top-rated podcast, Relationships Made Easy. I'm really excited to bring her to the show today because she has a super unique background in both business and relationships. And so she's very fresh and she has a lot of exciting and bold ideas. And that's what we stand for on the rocks. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to
0: be here. I'm I'm like in. I'm ready
1: we're ready. So the first thing we do Abby is we get everyone engaged with you and we do an AZL which is an age, a zodiac sign and a location. So hit us.
0: Oh yeah. So I I'm going to be 57 next month. Oh my gosh. And I cuz I'm a Libra, which I'm oh. switched to Libra, it's not even funny and you can see my office which other people can't but I'm very into the aesthetic and the beauty and the balance, and I'm such a Libra. And I was born in New York City. Uh, I'm a New York City girl. I'm a New Yorker, but I live here in the Bay Area. I live uh, right outside San Francisco in the East Bay, um, and I don't look like I belong here most of the time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> people can tell I'm a New Yorker. I have my stilettos on and I'm dressed and my makeup and my hair. I'm done uh, walking around strutting my stuff. So it's pretty funny to watch.
1: Well, I love that. I think it's great. Uh, Whenever I hear people are from New York, they have a specific vibe. Everyone that I've ever met, especially—I mean, I listen to a podcast. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. It's called We Met at Acme, and the host is a Libra, and she's a New Yorker, and she talks about relationships and dating. And like, you're giving me that energy already. (laughs) I'm like, you need to go over there too because (laughs) you would be the my same person my people. Great. So I'm really excited to have you on today. And one thing that we do, and this could be an interesting question uh, for you is I ask people what their favorite cocktail is. And this is something yeah. because it's the on the rock scene. If you have one, if you don't drink, I would just love to hear your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, I'm laughing. So I've, um, I, I was a drug addict. So I've been in sobriety since 1985, but I okay. tended bar for years. And so I'm a really good bartender still. And at our big Halloween party every year, the most popular shot that I make, um, we, can I swear on here? I don't know what you your, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I, we call it ass juice because it looks so gross and it's Halloween, but it's, and everyone could try it at home. It's, it's uh Jaeger, Malibu and pineapple juice Oof. and it's delicious, but very lethal. And it is like my signature cocktail <laughs> that we serve at the party. So
1: there you go. I love it. And did you a lot of dating in the sobriety world or were you more in relationships at that point?
0: Uh oh no, yeah, I've had years of. And also when you first get clean, it's not like you're really have yourself together. So, um I had a lot of uh jumping into relationships. We we call it taken hostages. <laughs> you know, really like falling madly in love, moving in together. I think all through my 20s I pretty much had really, you know, that relationship after relationship after relationship like But I was uh, like a serial monogamist, you know, so I would kind of, but as soon as, uh, as soon as they asked me to marry him, I was out of there. So I sort of had like a little tick, like, oh, it's time to go. Oh, I see. I I overstayed my welcome. Time to leave. I had, I had a few commitment issues. So (laughs) lots of therapy later. Now I'm all happy and, you know, happily married with kids. I've done all the things. So it's uh, very funny. Yeah.
1: Well, that's great. And so um, I guess... I would love to hear about your relationship status now because you went from being a serial monogamous who would leave. And so obviously mm-hmm. that changed at some point due to the therapy, which we love. We love therapy. I'm a big advocate. Yeah. Um What's what's that like now? So you were married, you have children. When did that all happen for you?
0: Well, it was all in my 30s, really. Um, and I'm and I'm divorced in re. So like there were and I'm really close to my ex, which I always want to tell people, um, especially when you have kids, uh yeah. and I'm close, like I love his ex his new wife. <laughs> I, I made her birthday cake a few weeks ago. I mean, we're all very um, we get along really well, and we really work at being a great family. And my and my current partner Gary's ex wife and I were just texting all day about something else about the kids, and so there's a real uh, way. It's really important to make sure that your past relationships, you know, make you better, not bitter, kind of thing. You know, that you really cultivate them, and especially if you've created any kind of family. I've I've been friendly. My, I had exes at my wedding. Like I've always maintained relationships with those people. I shouldn't say always, most of the time, you know, there's been some crazies along the way I had to let go, but, uh, mostly these were people I loved dearly and it ended, but I found ways to continue the relationship and, um, yeah,
1: kind of just shift it and change it. Right. Hmm. Okay, that's very interesting because I think it's kind of rare to hear that. I mean, specifically now for me, I don't think I have any contact with any of my exes, but I think it's it'll probably evolve as I get older and have more yeah. maturity when it comes to the situation. But I think it's interesting when you you are a relationship Maven, like you right. know relationships probably inside and out because you've probably gone through yeah. quite a lot of them. And so, what would you say? Was the reasoning behind you going towards this direction within your career, um, was it – or did it have to do with the previous relationships that you had? Did you have some sort of ability to kind of cultivate them and or see like some sort of lack within that that led you to be very strong within understanding dynamics? Oh, yeah. Well – I will tell you any of anybody
0: who's a therapist or a psychologist like me, it's because we're screwed up. I mean, <laughs> nobody gets into the field who had some kind of perfect life. But I um, started out, you know, when I got clean, you know, working in drug and alcohol, as you might have, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I still do work in the drug and alcohol world. But um, and then that morphed into, you know, getting a master's in counseling. And then when I was doing that, I realized I wanted to work. I wanted to like affect something bigger and not just do the one-to-one. I wanted to do one-to-many. And I thought I wanted to work with leaders because they affect all their employees and in the world and all that. And so I started working with executives who had drug and alcohol problems. And then Mm -hmm. I shifted back years later into um, drug and alcohol work again. And then back, I was sort of back and forth for a while. And then um, I guess about eight years ago now, I sort of re- redid my life again and went back to not wanting to travel so much and um, focusing on the, and just really on relationships, but, uh, and romance at first and now kind of everything. But what happened when I was working with executives is, and they had these problems, you know, no one is getting DUIs and doing bad and embezzling money because they're high on Coke, you know, at work. And then they're a great husband or wife at home. Like that's just, that's not how it works. And yeah. so when I started working with them and I was only working with them cause I was in a business setting, I never met, it was all men really. So I never met the, and they were straight men. So I never really met the wives, but uh, they would come in and they would say to me, um, wow, my relationship is so much better. Like we're getting along and you know, all the, we're having sex again and all the things. And I, and they're better as fathers. And, and I realized I was onto something. I thought, what is going on that they're having such great results. And I've never met these people, right? I've never met these partners. And that eventually became my number one Amazon bestselling book, Uh, eventually became the be happily married, even if your partner won't do a thing, so that you can really change what's going on, even if the other person's not doing anything. And that, you know, morphed into my TED talk, like all the things, but I've been meeting with people for 35 years. So really everything I have isn't based on my life. It's based on the lives of what works with the people I've worked with. And I actually have a pet peeve when you have, I'll say with love Dr. Phil, but when there's like a Dr. Phil going, oh, me and Robin or whatever his wife's name, we're the best. And you should do it this way. They write a book, like here's how to have a marriage. And I think he got divorced since then. But anyway, it's like, I don't like when things are based on one marriage you know, here's my life lessons and we're really happy and you could be this way because we are. And I just don't, that doesn't apply. I, 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 the farther you are from being, you know, some white older male, the farther, you know, living in the society in that way, the farther you are. So I work with people, I mean, every walk of life you can imagine and polyamorous and throuples, everything. And I've, created something that works in all relationships. You know, that here's some universal truths for lack of a better term. And then I applied them to my own life to great success. So it wasn't really my life out. It was, and the research, I'm a research junkie, crazy, nutty. I am, there's not a research, like I read everything from the authors who are doing the research. And I combine that and, and poof, you know, you get, you get things that really work. And then obviously my own intuition and things like that. We were talking earlier about, you know, being that person that people like to talk to and feel comfortable with. And um, I know you and I could chat for hours, you know, like you get to that. And so,
1: yeah, there's some of that mixed in too. But Hmm. there you go. Long answer. Sorry. No, that is perfectly okay. I think that there were so many nuggets of interesting facets in there. And one of the, the things that I noticed was that you said that, everything kind of comes from what you have seen works with others. And then you applied that to your life. Yeah. Would you say that that kind of came about Naturally, or do you think all of the aspects that you worked on, the the research and the putting it all into practice, helped benefit the lives of the people you were working with, and then in turn benefited
0: yourself? I think it went that way. I do. You know, I would try things out on myself too first sometimes <laughs> before I ask people to do it. But a lot of times, you know, my clients really inspire me in working with them, and I would sort of have this idea of like, I know what you need to do, you know, and I would say something. And they would do it and it would work. And so then the next client would be like, hey, I had this other client like this. Try this. And it would work. And, you know, it's sort of how it started to be. So, And at this point, of course, I'm always learning. I always like to learn. And there's some, like what we're going to talk about today, you know, there's some real things you can do to not have your past equal your future, you know, right. your, your, your past equals your present. <laughs> what you're doing now equals your future. Uh and there's some things you can really do to create those kind of relationships you really want. And I've been working more and more with 20-somethings and I love that there's such a there's like an openness to wanting to learn. Like what mm-hmm. could I do different? You know, I've seen what my parents have had or my grandparents or whoever and I want to do it differently. There's some pieces I like about that, but I am really open to changing the game a little bit, right? And and mm-hmm. having it look different and feel different. And that's been great and inspiring. So, I've changed things for them, to, you know, with every new kind of, you know, when I started, I have I have some dominatrices in my practice and I have uh, thruples and I like I learn from everybody right what could work everywhere. It's kind of amazing. We're all the same. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Because you, you did say that you think that not one blueprint should be, yeah. it. it's not Dr. Phil and his wife, yeah. like that's not how it works. Yeah. But you see all of these different things that work universally across these people who are completely different, like a dominatrix versus a, a 20-something, like that's yep. not the same thing at all. No. <laughs> when it comes to relationships in my 20s, since you kind of brought up the relationships in your 20s, you see this like need and like this want to learn. From relationship to relationship, there are things that we obviously learn. We are from our families and our early experiences with relationships, especially maybe your first one in your 20s, that yeah. really big, pivotal love mm-hmm. that can kind of guide you or linger into the next few relationships that you have. And I think that that is something that I hear a lot from my peers and the people that I talk to about dating is that. I can't get over this thing that I've learned or I have this predisposition to believe that relationships aren't going to work or that I shouldn't yep. actually care about relationships in my 20s or it's just like not something I should invest in, right? Yep. Do you think that there are some fundamental aspects that that make dating in your 20s difficult at first? And then we can jump into kind of how we can linger within our habits. Yeah.
0: There are definitely, I mean, have any belief that you bring in, that's number one. So, um, and we didn't talk about this, but I'll throw it in now. So our our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second, while our subconscious brains, our unconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So you got to really hear that. So people don't hear what you say, they hear what you mean. So if I'm on a date, if I'm on a date with a guy and I think uh guys kind of suck, they're just looking for sex, nobody wants to commit. Uh you can't have a good relationship in your 20s anyway cuz they're so immature. I'm going to have to date someone older if I want anything to work. If I I'm I'm throwing some things out that I've heard, yeah. So if I'm having any of that, you can tell I really work with 20-somethings. If I'm having any of that in my head, guess what? So now I go on my date, right? And I'm like, oh, he's cute. I like him. I swiped, <laughs> like, you know, and we're maybe I'm actually in person these days or just online, whatever it is, right? We're having this connection. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? He's picking up on that 11 million, on that doubt. And so you're gonna come across as disingenuine because what you're putting out is not what he's getting. This is just like if you've ever been in front of a professor or in a meeting at work or anywhere else and someone was saying all the right things but you knew they were full of it. You're like I am not I am not picking up what they are laying down. Like like I am not buying whatever they're selling. That is your 11 million bits at work. And it's the same way that if you're walking down a street and you see somebody coming at you and you get a funny feeling, And you like cross the street or women, we move our bags to the other side or, you know, you sort of like watch this person. They didn't say anything to you. They didn't do anything, but you get a weird hunch. That is that 11 million bits. So that is happening all the time. You pick it up from the other person and they're picking up from you. And at the same time, you know, we have something called our confirmation bias, which we, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. We will, we will prove ourselves right. So- Between the two. So that is how that happens, though. So now I'm feeling disingenuous to this guy and we're having coffee or something. Right. And he just something's a little off. So he's checking. He's asking me weird questions, maybe. So I'm like, see, guys are weird. What is he asking that for? Why? You know, what's going on? And I am picking up on that right away. Because, again, I'm, my confirmation bias is at work. So do you see when you put those things together, how it really it sets you up for such failure? And to quote unquote attract the people that you don't want because you're, and you're going to just keep doing that over and over. And that's why you really have to, I say all the time that you begin your next relationship wherever you ended your last one. So I don't care if it was in high school. I don't care if it was in eighth grade. I don't care when it was. Right. Um, Those relationships count. That your relationship with your parents count. Your bro- If you're a girl, your brother, you know, females with our brothers, with the men in our lives, all of them count. And so however that relationships, those relationships are, when we begin this next one with someone else, we are carrying all that with us. And so mm-hmm. it's really important, especially in romance, that you find a way to end well. And the closure, though, isn't for you to have with him. I'm going to do heterosexual here. Isn't right. for you to have with him it's for you to have yourself about him. Hmm. Like, don't be, I, I so many young women. They're waiting around for him to say that thing. And he didn't apologize. And why didn't he call back? And he needs to explain himself. I need to understand why we broke up. You know, this kind of, cra- I just want to shake people very hard. I say with love, it's like, stop focusing on him. You know why you already know you don't need to stop it. Just stop it. So leave that alone. And look at yourself. Why was I with this guy who really wasn't treating me the way I wanted? Why am I telling myself my standards are too high? Why am I telling myself that I shouldn't be so picky? Why am I telling myself that there's no good guys in their 20s? Why am I, you know, that's what I want you doing. And I don't want you doing it mean, by the way. Not like, why am I like this? But but to be really curious, like, huh, why, why do I think that?
1: What? Where is that from? And to really try to break that down. Right. Do you think that that's a necessary thing to do? So you said that you would like people to kind of get to the end of a relationship and truly assess and self-fulfill your own ideology about what went wrong with the relationship, right? But then you move in to preparing for the next in this weird stage where you're, you're single and you're kind of looking and you're, you're out there, And you're having all of these negative thoughts and your subconscious mind is racing and you're thinking like, oh, this happened with the last guy. This is going to happen again. I don't want to start with those new processes of having to like sleep over at a guy's house and you just start getting like really negative. Do you have to feel fully moved on from your previous relationship, whether that was the first one you've ever had or the last one you were in that was just a a three-month fling to jump into something that could potentially be positive or the potential relationship that's on the horizon. you have to be fully self-actualized within how that ended? Right. I wish that was
0: possible, but no, you know, I think we get fully self-actualized in our next, you know, go. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: You that's know, really how we, we learn. We then think, you know, you have to do some of that processing. I know this whole thing of like, are you ready for a relationship? Uh. And you have to have a perfect relationship with yourself before you can have one with anyone else and all the things I don't really think are true they can be true sometimes but I think most of the time It's about asking those questions really thinking it through and then believing what you see so now if i'm dating the next guy And i'm seeing a lot of the same patterns Don't you know be open to that go. Huh. Oh, yeah, there it is again Is that me is that him like what what's happening here? You want to be curious again, just really curious of what you're doing and why. Not accusing, not mean to yourself, none of that stuff. But you you really can't, like I, I've had situations where I've had single women and I've talked to them like, okay, and we work through stuff, whatever. And I always say to them, we're going to do the next half of this work when you're in your next relationship. Because you don't know until you're in it what's triggering you or what's a problem or what, you know, you just, and then all of a sudden you're there going, Oh crap, I'm back. Oh no. How'd that happen? Oh my gosh. What, what, wait a minute. I don't remember. And so, and then you do the next bit of work. Right. Then you get to the next and you don't fail right away and you don't, um, and you don't move in right away either. You know, you, you take a minute to figure out like how to, how to figure this out, how to not keep repeating a pattern and what are you thinking? But I would say this about the thoughts and the negativity. I always say you can have faith and love or fear. And so have faith and love. It's Faith is believing what you can't see and faith and fear. Oh, it's going to be bad. I got to move. You can't see that. You don't know that you have no proof of that whatsoever in this future stance Yet you're, you're relying on that because the feeling most people have is, well, it's easier to fall from the first floor than the 10th. So if I don't get my hopes up, I mean, listen to that. You're arguing for not, not for, you're arguing to not be in love. You're arguing to not be vulnerable. You're arguing to not. So what do you expect? You can't think, oh, I don't, oh, men suck, men suck, men suck. And then have a great man. It's not going to happen. You can't get there from here. So yeah. you've gotta believe. You've gotta have the, you've gotta hold that, wow, I've learned a lot. Okay, what can I learn now? And wow, I didn't work out with Steve, but I rem- I he was really kind. He was a great cook. You know, he was a good kisser. Uh, he just didn't have, you know, wasn't very ambitious. We didn't like to do the same thing. I don't know, you know, whatever it is. But take what you can, leave the rest, and then move on and and get that next level. But if you're folk- it's I was speaking to a client earlier today who just broke up in a long-term relationship, and mm-hmm. she's in her—I uh, think she just turned 30, actually. But she uh, she said, "I I I'm worried I'll never find anyone again." She said, "I have so many girlfriends who are desperately single," mm-hmm. and I said to her, "There's the problem. If you're desperate." you can't, you're desperate. I don't have a, I need a man. I don't have a boyfriend. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. I'm going to get too old. Oh my God. If you're in that head space, you can forget the guy who is together, who is amazing. He's going to be walking right by you. He is not going to want to fix her upper. He's not going to want someone who's grasping and desperate and scared. No love relationship was ever made better by fear. I will tell you that right now, ever in the history of love. So you you can't do it if you yeah. you got to focus on what you do want. You got to focus on what you what you are looking to get. And this isn't right. just like a like law of attraction stuff. This is what I said. This is the science of that 50 million versus 11 million bits. This is your confirmation bias. This is all those things.
1: Right. Right. Do you think that there are specific or have you seen in your practice specific things that people tend to not let go of that keep them back? from finding something that could potentially be great
0: oh yeah (laughs) so many
1: (laughs) i would say you know
0: mostly it's the resentments we -hmm. tend to build these resentments and then blame these other people and you just gave this person all your power you just gave them everything and i and i use the um acronym verb for this so if you are acting like a victim Acting like you were victimized in some way by this person if you're acting entitled like they shouldn't have treated me like that I deserve better. I uh. If you think you can read minds I know what he's gonna say, so i'm not gonna say it Uh, he should know he should know he knew what he said was gonna hurt me He knew it and he did it anyway when you're reading minds or if you be is blame If you are blaming anyone else he if he would just this then we could blank if he would have just that, then, you know, he said that thing. What was my choice? And so these resentments build. So if you're in verb at all, you, you're you not going to move forward. You're just going right. to sit in that and you're going to prove yourself right. Right. You're just going to keep proving yourself right. It's a choice at that point. You you, you can't. You, you really can't. I say with love. I love you. I love you. Stop <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> Stop. That makes sense. Stop with the stuff. Let's really dive in on this because I would love to know some key elements for not allowing your past relationships to negatively affect potential right. relationships. And, and I guess we could get into current, but I'm at the state right now where I am the potential is everywhere. Yeah. Like okay. I am I am seeing potential, right? Love it. It's it's here and I'm not in verb. I'm not feeling uh-huh. any negative regret. I've been single for two years. I'm really excited right. for this next chapter. But I see myself. And I worry. I think it's more worry than it is anything else Mm -hmm. that I'm going to bring in the trauma that I've had from the past or even just the habits that I've had. Because I think it goes on a scale. Yep. So what do you think it means to not carry previous shit? Let's just go there. (laughs) Let's just call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. Your previous shit, your baggage into something that has none of that there. Yeah.
0: So the, the big piece of, in that is, so there's two things. One is whenever you think of what, like when you say, I'm worried that I'm afraid that what if you immediately need to catch that language because you're having faith and fear, (laughs) not love. Right. 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 Okay. All right. Now I'm already fearing, already fearing. Yep. I got no proof for it. I got nothing. Right. So, right there, just notice the language um you know I'll never find me, but you know that you know the clock's ticking, or whatever I have you know twenty one year olds I, I this young woman I'm working with is twenty she's twenty two now who's like talking about her biological clock, I said, sweetie, like wait, <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord, like like let's leave the clock, you know and so, and it is different for women than men, I get that like yeah, of course i, I i'm that i'm I'm a woman, you know, I get it, but This uh, what you what really has to start happening to not allow the past into the future and into the present really, right? That's what we're really talking about, is uh mindfulness. I and I know that term gets thrown around all the time. And it's funny, I've been um doing trainings on mindfulness in organizations for like 20 years now, like a really long time now, before it was cool. And now that it got cool, I'm like, I hate when things get cool that I've been doing because now I feel like I need to do something else. But when you're mindful, and I'm going to give you a really easy way to do this, by the way, but what happens, so here, here's how things usually work. Let's say, um, you every argument you've ever had, every single one is pretty much because you weren't being mindful in a moment hmm. because later on you're face planning or you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said this. Or why did I get so upset? Or, or you think, Oh, I know what I should have said. How could I not? Have, I forgot. I should have said this. Or I could have said that. And it's because in that moment you were not, so you were probably doing something, cleaning out the refrigerator and then, you know, your partner comes in and he says like, Hey, uh, did you, Oh, did you throw away the milk? And you know, you're meanwhile cleaning and, and in your head, maybe you've been thinking like, you know, I do all the cleaning around here. (laughs) I do the majority. Of course I threw away your milk. It was spoiled and disgusting. And it was sitting in here for two weeks and you never threw it away. And then he's he's like all like hey babe did you uh, is there milk did you throw it away he's like totally oblivious right and you yeah. and then we have a conversation don't we well you right. know if you were doing the cleaning you would have already known that the milk was gone or you know if I didn't have to throw away all your stuff all the time and you uh, took a look and but 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 you know I it starts right and yeah. it's because we're not mindful in a moment and we're ascribing. A big thing we do is we we decide what something means. Yep. So he left a dirty sock on the floor. It means he thinks I'm his maid. He yep. doesn't respect me. Yep. He thinks I'm, you know, whatever. He's some male chauvinist pig and blah, 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 blah. blah. And we decide it means I am disrespected and unloved. Yep. And I have to tell you, I've worked with a lot of men and they just leave their socks sometimes on the floor. And it it's got nothing to do with not,
1: you. Yep. It's not, typically not about you. It's never. Pretty much about you. Yeah. And I think we do that a lot with almost every situation. Yep. I mean, I, well, my roommate doesn't take the trash out. I'm like, she hates me. Yep. She hates living here. You know, ev- you just start spiraling. But how do you think mindfulness plays a part in that? I mean, is that the definition of That's mindfulness? The
0: definition of mindfulness is that in that
1: moment, you would notice.
0: So as I'm cleaning the refrigerator or as I'm seeing the garbage can, that's perfect. Let's go really easy. I'm, I'm seeing the I'm walking by and my roommate hasn't taken out the garbage. <laughs> right. And I've asked her to, you know, we've decided right. that's her job that she's going right. to take it out every Friday, you know, cause it comes or every Monday. Cause it comes on Monday. I know. Right. I've, I've been a roommate. Mm-hmm. That means this, I've told her how important it is for me. It was my best friend who lived with me for years it uh, was the wet towels. I didn't like my towels being used, and so I would ask her over and over, like, "Please don't use my towels." I it felt icky to me. Like, yeah, I don't want to share my, my towel with you, my bath yeah. towel. <laughs> and so we. Jo- I, she was just visiting me from New York last week, and so we were joking about the towels. She goes, "Oh, I knew. I knew. I had rules. Like, but I would think see it as, oh, she's so disgusting. Why she do that? And blah, blah, blah. I would make up all these things about it. Absolutely. And you're going by the garbage, and you're thinking all these things." What happens is, if you're mindful, you notice your reaction in the moment. Hmm. You're like, "Ooh, I'm I am upset about the garbage, aren't I?" Whoa, look at me! It's almost like you're a third person looking down at yourself, watching the garbage, right? And and you're watching, right. and so you just sit for a minute, and you, not a minute, seconds, and you just notice it. It's like, "Oh, I probably don't have to be that upset about the garbage." Oh, I'm thinking that Rhonda, my Rhonda you know uh forgot the towel thing she knows it's important it's okay it's just she forgets this is i love her and she forgets stuff okay. and there you go and let me uh get a fresh towel for myself like let me take out the garbage maybe i'll just do it you know i'll just take okay. out the garbage and that'll be that and i'm not even going to feel about it it's it's a and this happens every you know when you're cleaning out the fridge you just start you notice or and if you're at work having a conversation and your boss, my favorite, you know, your boss, it's nine o'clock and your boss is like, uh, I'd like to see you in my office at two and your (gasps) stomach drops out and you're, and you're freaking out. Right. By the way, when your stomach drops out, you know, that feeling Mm -hmm. that is the blood rushing to your legs to run. It's a hundred million year old response that we have. So you are in stress mode. That's what's happening. Right. You you think it's a, a tiger about to eat you because you right. know you it's get personal. Right yeah. So again, in that moment, if I can just sit for a minute and notice and go, okay. <laughs> First of all, I would chase after my boss and go. I need to know what it is right now. I can't wait all day. Like That's I'm same. not happy. I it. do that right. I'm like, we're gonna get no. the phone right now. I, I Sorry. like no. But beyond that, I might also go, I have not done anything wrong. I really don't have anything to worry about. It is, you know, why why am I having this huge outsized reaction to this thing? It worst comes to worst, I don't know, I get fired. That's fine. I've been hating this job anyway. Or like, you know, I mean, whatever, that you find somewhere different to be. And either way, if you then walk in the office with your boss and say, <laughs> these days zoom in, but whatever, you know, <laughs> if you go in and you say, uh, and if you were in that upset place, like, um, you know, you said you want to see me, but I need to talk about that right now. I, I don't really appreciate when people tell me something like that. I need, to, like, what is it? You know? And then, of course, she's like, uh, I need you to do, you know, Jane
1: is out this week. I just wanted you to know.
0: <laughs> you know, you're thinking, I feel like such an a-hole right now. Like, I'm such right. an idiot.
1: Um, and does that play a part into our relationships? I mean, I guess yes. that, that comes into our relationships where we're like, we can start Going to the past and any past experience that we've had where someone has betrayed us and or someone has negatively impacted our self-esteem or confidence and in our relationships and we have one tiff with the guy we're seeing, the new person and or this new relationship and we're like threatened immediately. Everything from the past is coming through. They don't respect me. They don't understand me. They will never. So mindfulness is then coming in in, 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 and an outside perspective almost and being like Mm – He just said that he wanted to go to Arby's and not (laughs) Chick-fil-A or whatever.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Or, hey, I noticed you're really upset. Are you okay? What's going on, sweetie? You know, like talk to yourself. What's going on right now? Oh, this is about Jared. Oh, well. Okay. Well, this this is is not Brian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's leave Jared. You know, wait a minute. Let me give him a fair shake here. I don't have to believe these things. And you can dispute this thought you had. Right. But if you don't notice you're having, you, we feel the way we think. Okay. So however you're feeling, you need to be able to trace that back to what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to change how you're feeling in a minute, you change your thoughts about it. So mm-hmm. taking that moment to dispute that, to say, um, <laughs> that I have no proof of that, that he doesn't love me because <laughs> he wants to break up because he right. wanted to go to Arby's instead. Or I texting
1: actually, me like, hey, let's talk. Yeah, That's yeah. That's a
0: big one. Oh, oh, and that's just mean to do. I don't know what to say. I you know, I'd be texting back going, <laughs> I'm gonna break up with you right now if you think it's okay to, to talk to me that, that way. <laughs> like, let's get something down. Um, yeah. I Gary and I have a joke because you know, men hate to hear like it, we have to talk about the relationship, <laughs> you know. So I'll, sometimes if I'm joking with him, I'll be like, Do we have to talk about the relationship? He's like, Oh no, no, we're good, we're good. <laughs> like, never mind. <laughs> it's like, okay. And you can bring lightness to it, even that, bringing some humor, bringing some lightness. You know, we do, we take it so seriously and so heavily. So when we're mindful, it gives you a pause button and it allows you to stop and actually be in charge of yourself and not get into victim mode, not get future tripping, not get crazy. And the easiest way to be, to set up being mindful, it's so simple, is uh, to, uh, and I still do this if I notice that I'm daydreaming a little too, or, you know, that i am noticed I'm not, that I'm come like I'm a, I'm waking up on the, hi- you ever do that driving and you wake up on the highway and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get to this exit? Um, that's what you're doing in your life day to day. You're sort of, you know, wandering around on autopilot and then you realize, oh my gosh, I just like snapped at my mom or or you just walk around and go, oh my God, I'm really mad. Why am I so mad? where did that come from? It's because you've been thinking all these thoughts all day. So what you can do is... Set the reminder on your phone for three times a day for one week. It doesn't matter what the times are. 9 a.m., 2 p.m., 7 p.m., whatever you like. When it goes off, notice where your mind was. That's it. No, don't judge it. Trust me, if you're washing dishes... You are not thinking about how nice the soap feels on your hand. Oh, it's nice, warm, soapy water. Oh, I'm really getting this dish good. Oh, I like these plates. These plates are so pretty. I'm so glad I bought them at Anthropology, which I just did the other day. Uh, you know, I'm so glad I got such cute little stuff. I'm, I do not work for them, but I really like their dishes. So you know what I mean? But no, you were like mm-hmm. tripping about, I don't even know what, you know, my, that your butt feels too big or your, you know, uh, he said this thing yesterday or what your mother said last week. Matt Killingsworth, if, if you haven't ever seen his TED talk, uh, amazing, but his research shows that our minds wander on average about 48% of the time. So that means half the time that you're doing anything, your mind is thinking about something else. It right. goes to a high of about almost 70% when we're doing rote things like folding the laundry or something we do all the time, brushing mm-hmm. your teeth. And it goes down to a low of about 10% when you're having sex. But wow. although even that, I'm like, why is your mind wandering? We're having sex. Yeah. But anyway, but, and what he has found from his research and it's impeccable is that you are unhappy when your mind wanders, you are less happy than you would have been. If even if you were thinking about positive things, your job is to be in your friggin' moments. Your job right. is to be here and now all the time. So if we're sitting here right now, this is like the best thing, right? Cause we're so right here. We're so right here. We're tucking right. we're in. Right. So let's say one of us said something, or let's say I said something to you and and it hit a chord or something, right? And you might, you know, and I have had this on, I was on a podcast, it was a while ago now, but I said something and she was like, well, that's just toxic positivity. And she sort of got, and I saw her go. I was like, Ooh, I lost her here. And I, and I brought her back. I said, Hey, what's going on right now? So I just mm-hmm. brought her right back to the moment. And she said, well, I'm just saying, I said, no, no, no. How are you feeling right now? I've, you're angry at me. Like what's going on? And she came right, she was awesome. Like she came right back and she's like, oh, I am feeling snippy. (laughs) I said, yeah. I said, what's happening though? Like, let's talk about it. There's nothing to be afraid of. Right. But when you do that, you create such intimacy and such connection with people. When you take them right there, I've done it in business meetings. You know, when someone starts being passive aggressive or something, I'll just stop. I'm like, what's going on right now? How are you feeling? I'm fine. I don't know why. I'm fine. What, What are you asking about? You know, and they'll do that. And you'll say, no, 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 stop. What are you feeling right now? Right, And usually, by the way, people will tell you a thought. Well, I'm feeling like we should just be moving on. You shouldn't be asking about my feelings. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a feeling. Mad, glad, angry, sad, overwhelmed. What, What's your feeling? And sometimes you have to do it a few times. But when you get someone to actually say a feeling,
1: they'll usually say, well, I guess I'm a little frustrated. I'm like, all right, let's right. talk about it. And I guess you kind of do that with yourself within mindfulness. Because yep. at first, like, okay, I can give an experience today. I went on a really good date yesterday for the first time in a year and a half. And I... Woke up this morning. My thoughts were racing. I hadn't got a text message. I was like kind of losing my mind, like actually losing my mind. And okay. I nothing was tangible. Like nothing was tangible. Nothing was real. And I went through a, like a – I guess like a three-step process where I was like, all right, you're freaking out. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, yeah, I'm really freaking out. And like I need to tell someone about it. Okay, wait, why am I freaking out? And I started to pinpoint back to other times in my life where I had been insecure after not oh. hearing from someone. Yep. And it was – in it. My The rest of my day was okay. Good. Wherein, like, if I hadn't done that, we would be sitting here right now and I'd be like, he still hasn't texted me, which is there. <laughs> which is, is there, but it's, it sure. is It is – a. I feel more comfortable with it. Yep. So I think if we bring it back to br- going into future relationships with not holding on to resentment and or past experiences. Yep do you have a process for this? Is this something that you can teach Mm -hmm. people to do or how do you go about explaining this? Yeah. And I, and before I go there, I have to comment on the thing. So if
0: this morning you had, no, I'm like, I just want to hear about your date, but anyway. uh, So if this morning you would then call, this is what happens. So then you text or call like 12 girlfriends and you're like, Mm -hmm. he didn't call. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And then that's all you're talking about all day. That is part of the problem. Put down the phone. Do not tell another. Pro- you don't need to do that. Right. Sit with it. And that's my process, really, part of it. So, so number okay. one is like I said, you got it, you have to get closure with yourself. You mm-hmm. have to really um again, where you ended your last relationship, you're gonna begin your next. So you have to figure out, and normally you have to forgive yourself for whatever it is. Maybe you had bad judgment, maybe whatever. You you really want to think about what did I learn? What am I going to bring with me? And how can I forgive either him or her or whoever it is or, and or myself, because that's a biggie. You you just, if you carry around resentments, if you're feeling at all resentful, then you're kind of screwed going in because you're just bringing that energy with you. You have to find a place to not be a victim to, to yeah. not be blaming, to not do the verb, right? So don't do verb. Yeah. And that might mean therapy. That might mean taking an online course, whatever it means for you to move past that, but don't sit around talking about this person over and over and over and over. It's also a problem because when you talk to 20 people, you get 20 different opinions and that and it, it's just the more, whatever you, you know, this thing, whatever you focus on grows. So if you're just focused on what a jerk he was and how he screwed you and how horrible it was, well, that's where you're going to be. I, I don't know what to say. Like, you're just going to be there over and over and over and you're going to get another one of him. He's going to look different. He's going to have a different first name maybe, but it's going to be that guy again. So it is for your best interest that you find a way to close that with your loop with yourself. And again, not to him. Don't put the control in his hands. This is what I see. You know, they're like, well, I'm going to go talk to him then, or I'm going to send a thing, or I have to send one final call or text or whatever. I'm like, stop it. Leave him alone. Yeah. (laughs) And for sure. Don't be stalking on social media. I have to tell you, I'm so grateful, grateful, grateful that social media was not around When I was in my twenties, I would have been more than a crazy person than I was. If I broke up with a guy, I never had to see him again. Never could see him again, ever gone out of my life. If I knew him at work, I could have just quit the job and moved on. I feel so bad when I talk to my clients today. I'm like, (laughs) Oh Lord, they're everywhere. Like you can't get away from them. And it's like, it's like a plate of brownies always in front of you. And you're not supposed to eat them to be on social media. and So you need to do the things you need to do to not social media stock. I do a whole yes. thing on that, which we're not going to cover today, but that's step yes. one. Step Amazing. two is you have to work on your mindfulness. Like it's your job, yep. like it's your friggin' job. And I, I do actually, <laughs> I wasn't going to pick, but I have a free mindfulness starter kit on my website, which we'll link to in the show notes yes. here. I'm sure it's free. I'm. It's not weird. You know, it's on the shop page, but you do not have to put in a credit card. I am not sleazy at all. It is completely free. It really means it. There you go. I think you get on my mailing list, which is you hear wonderful things from me once a week and I don't sell you anything. It's just me talking, giving you inspiration for the week. That's what I do. But anyway, you can un- unsubscribe, be my guest, but get, like at your job. You have to be in the present in your life, right. not in the past. Like that's your biggie. And then the third thing I talk about all the time is you have to have high standards and low expectations. Yes. And most I people, I know most people have high expectations and low standards. Uh, yeah. So they'll accept all kinds of crap. And then they're pissed that they're getting treated this way. So you have to flip that script. You have to flip that script. And I can't tell you when I talk about standards with my clients, I have so many who have no idea what they are.
1: I'll mm-hmm. say, well,
0: what are your standards? And they're like, uh, uh, I'm like, Think about it. What are your standards? What are the things that you must have no matter what? I call them your deal breakers, your core issues. You know, for me, it is to feel truly appreciated, like fully appreciated and respected. Those are my two. Now, this is not to say that Gary has never disrespected me in some way or what I considered disrespect. And by the way, so no, he's never like called me a name or something, but he's come home in a bad mood when I was in a good mood. And it's like, and maybe he snapped at me or something. That's disrespectful, right? Like to me, that's disrespectful, but that's just my idea. But guess what? He's not a robot. So there is absolutely no way. So my standards are high, but my expectations are low. He's not gonna be able to meet that every time. My job is to remind people when they don't meet my standard consistently. Hmm. So I give him a mull. you know, he rarely I have to say that man is always in a good mood So he's rarely in a bad mood. It's rarely an issue So because it's rare I pretty much do let it go because I don't have resentment about it because right. 90% of the time he's fine however If there was something that continued to come up and we've had things in our past that have Then I do talk about it, right. We need to talk about it. We need to have this conversation and that's where it is. Like right there. Like, Hey, can I talk to you about something and having it? Because people need to know what the standard is. I, so many people don't even know what they need and then refuse to ask for it. And then are mad that they're not getting like, again, people can't read your mind. Part of verb. No one can read your mind. You know, my gifts, we've been together a long time, but when I want a gift, I send him a link with the exact thing I want. Here's the size. Here's the thing. I'm very particular. I like my things. I'm a Libra. Uh, I, here's what I want. And guess what? I'm thrilled when I get it. I don't yeah. think it means he doesn't love me that he wouldn't know on his own what to pick out for me because I don't define his love that way. Right. So don't go there, people. Don't go there. And if you want something, guess what? You got to ask. You got to say, hey, I really want that You know, brown sweater for my birthday. Here you go. Well, I'm not going to wear brown because you know my coloring, but you know what I mean. So, yes. And I'm going to send it. And here it is, and I'm going to make it really easy for you to have a win. Here you go. I mean, it can't be better. Or Maybe I'll send you five things if I want a small surprise about it. I don't really care about that stuff personally, but I know some people do. Right. Or he, you know, he doesn't schedule date night. I always have to do it. You know, It's always me scheduling the fun things. Mm-hmm. Well, what does he do? Why are you focused on the thing he doesn't do? Is that really the only way you know someone loves you? Is that like, really? Like he wasn't scheduling all the date nights in the beginning because you were probably then too. So when did it shift? When did it become something that you needed to feel loved? And you don't, we don't get into relationships with people because you know they pick up their socks well or (laughs) because they take out the garbage on time. You know, it's the other stuff. Do I feel cherished? Do I feel loved? And make sure that that's what you're focusing on. Not right. what you think it should look like, but right. what do I really feel with this person? If I decided not to decide, if I decided that the garbage wasn't a deal breaker, right? If I decided that that wasn't the thing, and even I'd say you with your roommate, like you would sit. I, it's so cute. She's probably going to listen, going, "What did she talk?" I about know. Before? I'm so
1: sorry it's if okay. you're listening. We we love you.
0: It's okay. So, uh, but you know, she knows she doesn't take out the garbage so all the yeah. time. But, you know, what I mean, like, what if you just stepped away from that and then thought, how do I feel in this relationship? Like feel, right. like sit with your feelings for a minute and you'll probably see, I think, that you feel more respected, loved, connected. Right. So it's the friggin' garbage. I'll deal.
1: Doesn't mean you don't want her to take it out. It just means oh, you'll deal. Absolutely. Do you think that standards can develop over time because I think that like we can potentially build them from our previous relationships where at like one point that was not a standard that I I held and my expectations weren't high there, but then my expectations were high and my standards were low because that was never set. So then it became super unequal. We had a tiff about it and then it became problematic. And then when you go to your next relationship, Maybe you have a higher standard for this specific realm that you mm-hmm. care more about because you've learned from it. Is that a positive way to go into your next relationship? I will tell you, generally,
0: you'll find that your standards end up the same over your life because we all kind of have the same ones. Okay. We want to feel respected. We want to feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. We want to okay. feel, you know, there's, we want to feel connection. We want to feel heard. Mm-hmm. We want to feel like someone really listens to us. We want to feel accepted for who we are not who somebody right. wants us to be. I talk a lot about unconditional love is bullshit. It's unconditional acceptance that makes us feel loved. You don't feel loved if you don't feel accepted. I don't care. So if, I, if I'm if i a mom and my son is gay and I don't accept that he's gay, but I say I love him, he's not going to feel loved. Do right. you know what I mean? So yeah. that's what I'm talking about. I had this with okay. clients recently. So Really understanding, think about it, like we send in the beginning, we tend to think our standards are things like, "Oh, he always comes on time and he picks me up or whatever those aren 't mm-hmm. standards. those are things you like. standards right. are what that means to you when someone 's on time okay it, you do you know what I'm saying It means yes. that you feel like uh your time is also like you're appreciated it 's back to that word that right. um i I think enough of you that I think of you first. That I don't right. think of my own needs. I'm thinking, oh, she's waiting for me. I don't want her to wait because I love her so much. So I'm to make sure I'm on time. That's right. what you. That's why that matters. And again, you're just ascribing sort of a definition to it, which is a problem because trust me, when people are late, it's their own issue, not about you. But, right. but, uh, you know, you got to think about why do I care so much about this thing, and right. then backtrack that.
1: And I think a lot of this can seem outwardly or that all of these things are kind of out of our control whether they pick us up on time or not actually can validate that standard that we have of feeling respected but mm-hmm. do you think that communication is the biggest aspect within that do you think that like your your standards can be met if you communicate what you need within those different categories in a way that is valuable to both of you where you both can feel respected, understood. So no one's getting misconstrued and people aren't fighting. And and the mindfulness is great, right? The mindfulness is something that we have to practice. yes. But to put it into actionable steps in the situation, do you think that communication can fill some of that inability to have mindfulness in a moment? No, because- okay. <laughs> No, yeah. Totally tell me if I'm wrong.
0: I know. Okay. I love it. It's such a good question because okay. I think that's what people do. They rely on these communication skills, right? So right. here I am trying to communicate to you, but I am actually thinking something else. Mm-hmm. I am not. I am pissed, and I'm pretending I'm not. And I'm saying something to you and I'm using a really sweet voice and I'm calm and I'm asking and I'm using all the tools Abby taught me to, oh, do you have time to talk? You know, I have something I really want to talk to you about. Is that okay? And I'm, how many times have you said this? I said all the right things. I did it all right. And it still went bad. You know, you have, that's why. Cause it's not, you have to get the mindfulness first. That's what I'm saying. Because that unconscious mind, remember that 50 bits versus 11, right? Did, did I talk mm-hmm. about that? Wait, I did. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, was that with a client today or is that with you? Yeah. So, that when you don't have that aligned, people pick up on it. Okay. You have got to, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. As my teenage son would say, you know, you have to have yourself set and be mm-hmm. very clear to okay. communicate. No communication that you want happens without the mindfulness. I'm telling you that right now. I've been doing this a long time. I know. I'm so glad you asked that, actually. It's so great. Because, like, understanding that little nuance under there, because otherwise, and it's true, I think that's really true of the, especially the 20-somethings I work with, and the thing I like is they're very action-oriented, and I'm very action-oriented. Like, every podcast I put out is the five ways to do this, and the three tips for this, and that's how I do it, because I don't like when it's just theory. It's like, that's nice, but how am I going to do it, right? So that's what I've actually loved about this decade. It's so open to like, oh, let me try that. Let me try that. Let me do this. But if you don't have this other piece first, the foundation of the house, you keep building things on top and the foundation's not good. So it falls, you know, it's mm-hmm. not holding. So do the mindfulness like it's your friggin' job. I say have it. have that be
1: the basis. Yep. Because so I think what I was trying to push out there was like, Can I help people fit my needs? Can I communicate to people to do things right so that I feel comfortable, so that I feel okay within this relationship, so I don't bring all my shit and blow up? Because I don't have that mindfulness aspect. I want to help people understand me more than I want to understand myself. Yeah. Yeah, What you're
0: doing. Right. Your motives. Exactly. Right. And even that, like if you were to, in that conversation, say, um, how are you feeling right now as I'm asking you this? Like to just stop. Right. How are you feeling right now as I'm asking you this? And see what they say.
1: And bring them present. Bring them to the here and now. Right. Well then, okay. So if I had to push you a little bit more on that. If you are working on the mindfulness and it's something that you don't have currently, if I'm not fully mindful and I'm still going through the motions with people and I'm not fully ready for what I'm dealing with in the moment, so I'm trying to desperately communicate my needs. Do you think at a point you can get into a situation where you then become passive and you push past your, past your own needs because you're, you're just trying to actualize theirs?
0: Well, I hope not. I mean, because the mindfulness to me means that you do say something, that you just okay. say it in a way that can be heard. And, that, and then the mindfulness, you're noticing, <laughs> you've had a conversation with someone and you knew what you were saying wasn't hitting, but you kept talking anyway. Or you talk louder. <laughs> if, you're, right. if you're a parent, you talk louder. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. You need to stop right there. Mindfulness helps you in that moment to go, hey, what's going on right now? Mm, okay. Well, nothing. What are you talking about? Well, something's going on. Come on. Like, and sticking with that, not taking the it's okay for an answer. Right. That's, that's where that lives. And it's, I have to tell you, it's the most wonderful thing in the world. And I, because I will say this too, you have to connect to correct. So if you're looking you're so cute. get in there you're a little like bit. so intrigued it's like whoo. <laughs> so your little eyes get big. So when you are looking to quote unquote correct someone, you know, like hey, I need this thing and you're not doing it. You have to connect with them first. Mm. And you connect with mindfulness. You connect with feelings, not thoughts. Thoughts don't connect people. Feelings connect people.
1: That 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 hits. Okay, cuz that that answers the Did that can get I- there?
0: I knew it. Oh. I'm like I can get there. I just need more. Okay.
1: Yes. I needed to push past because I'm a big I'm a big advocate of like standing up for myself and 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 being an agent within my situation. And I don't want to ever sit back and be like, well, they're just like having a hard time and you know. Right. I, I, I want to make sure that I am standing up for myself while also understanding and validating their emotions. And I think that's a perfect way to do it is to connect and understand what they need to hear and or how you need to communicate with them to get it through. Because you can't just like yeah. sit there and like throw a ball on a wall and be like, wow, like, this is not sticking. Like you have to put some <laughs> tape on it and like.
0: And can I, I can even give you a, be, a another visual for that. That's so good. Perfect. What I say to people is this. So I'm over here and you're over there. I have this thing I want you to get, right? And so normally what I'm doing is I'm trying to drag you to where I am, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get you, get you to hear me, get you to whatever, right? I'm trying to drag you over to where I am. And I say to people, don't do that. Go meet them where they are. Go stand next to them. Be yep. there with them there. That's that validation. That's that moment, right? And then together, walk wherever you're trying to walk. And by the way, it might not be the only, only the place you want to walk. So don't then just yep. lead them to where you think. That's the collaborative part. That's the part where you're asking questions. That's the part where you're really connecting so that together you can go somewhere. You can walk somewhere together. That's it. So always go back, validate. I say, my other little acronym, I got a million of them, is not to sack your relationships. So don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. S-A-C, don't sack. Don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. And when you don't do those things, guess what's left? (laughs) asking questions. Hmm. Can you tell me more about what you're feeling right now? Could you tell me more about what you're thinking about what I just said, you know, XYZ? Mm-hmm. Um how what's uh what's one thing I could do right now that would help us move the needle forward on what we're talking about? What's one thing mm-hmm. I could say right now that would help move that forward? Right. Could you tell me one thing you're thinking about, you know, one thought you're having about what we're talking about? Because you can do thoughts too. Just don't stay there, right? Um, What's one thing we could do to whatever? You know, you ask these collaborative questions. It's from there, again, the connection, then people wanting to hear you, wanting to understand what you're saying because they feel understood and seen. Yes. We're so desperately trying to feel understood in the scene and trying to get them to get there that mm-hmm. we're not stopping to understand and see them, that they're afraid, that they're in fear, right? that they're feeling shut off, that they don't right. want to have this conversation because they think you're going to break up with them or tell them that they did something wrong that you're going to criticize them or judge them.
1: Right. Right. So you isolate them and that makes it difficult to, for anyone to feel comfortable and to move forward into anything. Exactly. I'm getting it. I think I was I was a little bit slow at the beginning I, and no, now it's okay. I'm Okay, feeling... I love it. I love it cuz it's
0: like you got it cuz everyone, you know, whoever's everyone listening right now is having that same experience of like, okay, I kind of believe that. Wait, wait. No, no, no. That's too much. Oh, wait, right. go back. So it's so great when you get granular because people can really get stepped into each part cuz what I'm saying in many ways is sort of a paradigm shift for people. It's right. like a whole new way to think of relationships and You don't like to feel controlled or dragged and neither does anyone else. And don't be afraid of a, people are just so afraid of the emotions, (gasps) but he's going to, what is this? What if I say that? And then I hear, they sit on this couch behind me and they say things like, if I hadn't done that thing, then we wouldn't have broken up. Uh, If I had only not said this, then we wouldn't have broken up. And I want to just scream really loud and run naked through the streets because nobody wants to see that. But I, it's hard. It's like, stop it. Stop that. If we take too much responsibility. Yes. Number two, there's two people in this relationship. And by the way, if the one thing you said broke you up, oh, you were already on the rocks, my friend. Yeah. Like that was already going to end. So, and you had to say the thing because that's what you deserve. So what are you talking about? You need to feel accepted that you can say the thing and that you are you don't have to be perfect. Women, especially, we feel like we have to be perfect to be loved. We have to do it exactly, we have to look perfect, we have to be perfect, and you know, I don't know what to say. It's it's not, that's actually not attainable. I have people who think it's attainable, I'm like it's not. And it shouldn't be that you then get thrown under the bus because you said the wrong thing. That's not collaborative. That's not a team. We're a team. Couples are teams.
1: Right. Team this. Right. We're not on are opposite sure- sides. And you share responsibility. And I think yes. like what people fear going into relationships is being – like messing up, doing something wrong, saying yeah. the wrong thing that's going to – I mean, like I went on that state the other day. I was mm-hmm. now reflecting all day, like, hmm, did I do something wrong? Did I – like, what yeah. did I do? Like, that could have potentially not made this work. Nothing has been said or done. We probably will go out again, right? Yeah. Like, I am I am already at this point where I'm like, whoo, all right. Like, what, what, what did I do? And – I think we forget that there are two people in a situation where they can – they both share responsibility. Like I go through this in therapy all of the time where I blame myself in friendships and relationships. Like I am the problem. Like, hi, Vanessa. I I am the problem. That is my definition. That's I'm going to put that on my Instagram bio. Like that is me. And it's just – it's not true. And I think a lot of the time – We take that and we move into relationships and we don't allow things to naturally happen or flow because we forget that there are two people who share responsibility and you can only be responsible for as much as – for about like 20% of what actually happens. And within that 20%, you should own it. Yeah. But you should not take complete responsibility for everything that went wrong. You shouldn't go into something thinking that it's destined to fail because of you or them. It just – you have to give yourself the opportunity to let it happen and lead with love, like yep. you were saying. Yep. Because that's something we all, I yep. lead with fear. I do. And it's something I that know. I'm it's working on. very through. common.
0: It's so, I can't tell you, most people I meet with, that's the issue, is yeah. that this f- having faith and fear, not love. Ha- fearing, 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 and then thinking good things are going to come. It, it just doesn't work that way. Right. And you really want to uh, think about, that, that you co-create every relationship you're in. You co-create it. Every relationship, your parents, your roommates, your you co-create it. So in the same way that you're saying, like, you can't um, own everything as your fault, right? You also, remember, can't put everything as their fault. So that's the verb stuff, right? That's the victim and the blame and all that. So you see how great it is. It's like, you're not only responsible and they're not wholly responsible. But just take your side of the street and keep it clean. And that's the mindfulness. That's the coming back. That's the how do I get better, not bitter? That's the, you know, again, asking yourself, not why did I do that, but huh, what, why did I do that? (laughs) You know, having that gentle voice with yourself and really trying to learn why you do what you do and being okay about it, being okay about
1: it. It's, yeah, it's okay. And, it's gonna, It's not only going to be okay, it's okay now. You have to at the end of the day, even if it doesn't work out, you led with love. You were like really excited, really open. Yep. But it still didn't work. You can't let that like light and that feeling and that hope of something eventually working out dim because you're so distraught with something not working out. You yep. learned something, you grew, yada, yada. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to actually. There's accept. a song in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but like, it's so true. And like, I, yeah. Ugh. It's easy to forget. I know. But when you're mindful each day and focused on that,
0: you'll remember every day when you wake up, here's what I want everybody to do. I know I have to end, but here we go. Yeah. Every day when you wake up, here's, here's what I do. Here's what I have my clients do. Here's what I want you to do. Every day when you wake up, often the first thoughts we have Are we turning off an alarm and we're saying, I didn't get enough sleep. I'm so tired. I'm so whatever. Yep. No, you are. And, and hitting the snooze alarm, which is the worst thing you can do from a biological perspective. It makes you more tired. It creates something called sleep inertia grogginess. I I love the idea that you hate waking up so much that you wake up 12 times. Like, it's so crazy when you think about it, but I'm going to get past that. You're not keeping your first commitment to yourself of the day by hitting the snooze. So not cool. And, and again, it's making you t- more tired than if you just hit it. But when you wake up, do not let your, fr- put it, and I used to, when I first started doing this, I had to put a sticky on my alarm clock that I had to like touch first because I, I f- would forget to do it, but then it became habit. Very first thought, you turn off the alarm and you bring a good feeling thought to yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: right there. If you have to sit up in bed, cause you're going to fall back asleep, do that. But, and I, I do, I have to like sit up yeah. <laughs> and I put my feet on the floor and for me, I just often I'm thinking about my bed, like I have very nice sheets. And so maybe I'm thinking about how warm they are or, you know, Gary's nice and warm or something like that. But I often will look around my bedroom and I'll maybe see a picture. Uh, actually, this morning it was, uh, there's some, there's these two seashells out and I was thinking of, oh, that vacation we took and mm-hmm. that's where I got that seashell. And I was thinking of Bali and I was thinking of that, right? As I'm looking at the shell and just bringing myself to that. It takes about 20 seconds. Do you love it? Like you have 20 yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. Then go shower, do your next thing. You, I guarantee, I guarantee you will feel different. Hmm. And if you did that more often, like when you're mindful and the little alo- reminder on your phone goes off and you just brought yourself to present and you just thought of a good feeling thought. Oh yeah. I just, Oh, I'm going to eat this Oreo (laughs) or like, Oh, my, my shirt is pretty cute today. Or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like my hair feels so soft, whatever. Like just one good feeling thought and that's it. I I just feel it for a second and move on. It doesn't take much. Our brains are neuroplastic and your brain will start reminding you to be mindful. It will start reminding you to focus on the positive. And whenever you focused on, whenever you think of something you don't want, whenever you're, you know, I don't like this. I don't like that. That sucks. I'm worried right. about my future. And me, just right away, when you're mindful, you'll do this. Think about what you do want. Well, that's what I don't want. I know that. That's great. So right. what do I want? And just name one thing you want. That's it. And you will start, the one thing, I'll end with this. The one thing, you know, they've interviewed the winning, winningest race car drivers in the world for Success Magazine. They did this a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And they try to find the one thing they all had in common. The the people have won the most race car races. And the only thing, they only had one thing they all had in common. Every single one of them (laughs) said, you don't look at the wall. Because wherever you're looking is where you drive the car into. That's what happens, right. I guess. they. I don't know. I don't drive race cars, but yeah. they will drive into the wall. I do remember when I learned how to drive a motorcycle, they said the same thing. They were like, yeah. do not, wherever you're looking is where the bike's going to go. So make, yeah. and guess what? That is life, my friends. That is your life. Wherever you're looking, that's where you're driving. So you have to really keep that in mind. You can't just pretend it doesn't exist and then go, oh crap, I felt bad all day. Uh-uh, you're responsible. So, start the day, few seconds, and then during the day, just it's it. The whole thing I just said takes a minute total over the course yes. of a day.
1: I know. Yep. If you have a minute to spiral, you have a minute to be mindful. Exactly. And that's write it. that on a book. That's a book cover. Yeah, you got some book cover somewhere. Yeah. Well, amazing. I am, I have. So many thoughts that I'm going to take into my day and the next few days as I move through my my freakouts and and everything. And I'm excited to even listen back because I I've, I've, I'm sure I've missed some. But one of the things that I know we're a little bit over time. But we can just take this however you want it. Uh-huh. What has been the most important lesson that you have learned while about relationships and your years of experience in working in them? You know what's right for you, hmm. and if you would listen to
0: that voice instead of the other voices, you'll be great. Like that's it. It really is. You, you look back all the time at just when you were sure, when you, when you knew, when you, know, you made that decision and you stuck to it. It's because you were aligned with that inner self. You really were in that moment. And that's the only place you want to be all the time is to keep coming back. It's the most valuable thing you have. It, it's, it. it's your true North.
1: That's a perfect way to end the episode. I'm so grateful that you came on today, Abby, and I want you to make sure you shout yourself out so everyone can find you. Anything that you do, we'll give you your plug. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Well, and actually, I was just thinking of this. Um, So my website is everything. It has it all. So it's abbymedcalf.com. I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes, but it's A-B-B-Y-M-E-D-C-A-L-F com And I actually just posted, I'm laughing, I just, yes, Wednesday, yesterday, we dropped, we started season four of the podcast. So mm-hmm. the podcast is there, all my social, everything's there. And on the blog, I did a complete guide to effective communication. <laughs> so if people are looking for that. But in there, there's a freebie of how to align your conscious and unconscious minds. So I really, perfect. I have to tell you, it's perfect. So maybe even if you link to the website but also maybe just link to that it's the latest blog post and so you can scroll down and you can see the um you can get this little worksheet you know like and it's it's not worksheet sorry my toolkit it's a little toolkit of how to align those conscious and unconscious minds so you can listen to your higher self so you can be fully aligned so I just thought of that as I'm talking I'm like that'd be perfect um but yeah everything is there please go get it it's free it'll really help I don't put out anything unless I know it helps so there you go Okay,
1: perfect. Well, thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out Abby everywhere. Her website is the main hub. You can go everywhere from there. And I will talk to you all next time. Bye.